Mr. Pop. You've had a bit of humpy pumpy to that action to that song, haven't you, kid? This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix, and Mark Fine. All right. Okay. Let's let's uh, let's strike while the iron is hot and move into the show before we all technically drop out somewhere. So, hello everyone and welcome to Rock and Roll, uh, the podcast that does a little bit of everything. And tonight we, uh, I, I promise you, we have a little bit of everything in tonight's podcast. We'll have a little bit of the life and st- lifestyles of the rich and rock stars, a little bit of lifestyles or no lifestyles of the self-employed and small business owner, starring Mark Fine. And uh, lifestyles of the bloke who, uh, seriously, I don't have a lifestyle anymore. <laughs> I just I just bumble around from one thing to the next. But uh, uh, loving being here with you boys. Brian Mannix, uh, greetings and salutations to you, sir. I'm furious with you because of that introduction. <laughs> but anyway, let's move on before I really lose my shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Which particular batch of shit are we talking about? Because you've lost several uh, of recent the, times. The, the, the shit that I'm about to say during tonight's program. Yes, okay. Um, Good to see you preempting. I, 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 did, I, I did spend the arvo at the pub for for reasons beyond my control. Research so, reasons, was it, Brian? What? Research? No, no. There was somebody visiting Daryl that doesn't like me. And so it was decided it was best that I not be here. Right. So the only place I could think of to go was the pub. And um, now you and Finey and our listeners are getting the best of them. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, well, uh, with that wonderful uh, sort of endorsement ringing in your ears, Finey, uh, welcome. Uh, how are things at uh, Lenny's Fine Foods? Yeah, very, very good. Of course, Lenny as the previous owner, so we kept the name. But somebody that doesn't like you over at Daryl, what, what's James Rain and Mark Seymour doing with Daryl? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I missed it. I had to cough. So I- what, was, what are James Rain and Mark Seymour doing at Daryl's place? Uh, who's Daryl? <laughs> Isn't he the bloke? Really play it. Isn't he the bloke? Oh, Daryl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, actually, finish your story for me. Then I've got an interesting story for you about no, Daryl's no place. I have no stories. No oh, stories. He's bit. been head down, bum up in the in the deli, working his his little uh, you know self employed bum off. Yeah, I didn't Did visit. I didn't visit the discount store this week. I, I thought I'd give him a week off. A break. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, fair enough. Um, before you before well, you start that, just let me on the on the uh, on the discount store uh, the, the bargain basement man um, is ascending past cult following now and going into he's he's going up the ladder of uh, escalating uh, to uh, enormous popularity proportions uh, with people who are interacting with me on social media who. We love him. Now we're just spending enormous amounts of time listening to the three or four minutes of each podcast where where you and the uh, and the gentleman from the discount uh, bargain store are talking. Oh, look, I'm a lucky Phil. Lucky Phil just loves the man from the bargain store. He's just, <laughs> you know, he just. I think we all love him. I think he's we just do. been so entertaining and finding you do the voice so well. Yes. Yeah, just the. <laughs> I'm, I'm very close to being banned, so I thought I'd give him <laughs> some space. Otherwise, there'll be nothing left to tell. 
Fair I think enough. you got to you got to pick your mark and wait your time, and that's and we're and we're we're more than happy with that finding. We don't yeah, want to see you, yeah, yeah. you know, band I'll, or anything. I'll go back there. I'll yeah, get good. there this week. All right, Brian. Now tell us about what's been going on. What's what's the case? Well, look, I, I flew back in on Friday, and um, I think I found a joint to buy. But anyway, we'll worry about that another time. Um, anyway, I've got to do a gig at Stall, a big festival at Stall, put on where the where the race is. And um, so Gavin Wood's on the bill with us, so he's introducing and making it very countdown and stuff like that. So Gavin comes around to Daryl's and parks out front of Daryl's where Scott's going to pick us all up. And um, so Daryl meets Gavin and Gavin keeps calling him Kevin and Daryl hasn't got a clue who Gavin is. And I said, you know, the countdown, the voice of Kevin. No, I don't know. Anyway, that's not the, the interesting part. But anyway, on Sunday we played at the Chill Out Festival, which is also a queer fest sort of thing, which was great. It was in really Dalesford. Great fun. Yeah, in Dalesford. It was fantastic. And Molly was receiving an award like I don't know, Most Outstanding Gay or something. I don't know. Um, he was getting a life membership or something. So that's all good. Anyway. Apparently, you know, I, I was still a life in, membership I, in the I, what? <laughs> well, in the in the in the Dalesford Chill Out Gay Fest or something. I don't know, but Molly was there and he was all done up in some <laughs> Egyptian dress and uh, had the storm around his hat and a tiara, you know. And apparently, he went. You know, they had the gay parade, and so you know, Molly's in the car, and all the crowds going berserk, going Molly, Molly. So they had to go around again. And then when he comes down again, Molly pulls your pants down and flashes his ass at everybody, including the kids. So rock on, Molly. As if and not everyone in Dalesford had seen it by then, for God's sake. Well, then Gavin's got his car in Daryl's front yard. So the car pulls up and Molly, you know, very frail, gets out. And um, so... <laughs> Molly has to use Daryl's toilet. <laughs> Daryl doesn't even remember that. So, you know, what an interesting sort of circumstance. You know, Daryl finally got to meet Molly and can't remember it and Molly used his very special toilet. So there you go. It wasn't as interesting as I thought it was. Sorry. <laughs> no, but, geez, I tell you what, with a bit of work we could turn that into something, Brian. Yeah, a lot of work, yeah. but anyway. Uh, we Where's the Chinese man? I like him. Uh, well, look, tell <laughs> us about uh, the gigs in Dalesford. Uh, was the uh, was the Steri from uh, Real Life, uh, Scotty from Kids in the Kitchen, you, Ali? Uh, pretty good yeah. line, huh? Yeah, and on Friday we had uh, Sean Kelly, Ali, me, Scott, and the Eurogliders. So that was oh, great Bernie. too. So Bernie and Grace and or just great. Grace? And, and every gig. Grace and Bernie. Oh, good. Um, Bernie's a good guy. I get on well with Bernie. But, He's good. Um, yeah, and it was great. They were all outdoor sort of festival sort of things. You know, they weren't wet on summer, which I can't get on, but um, they were good. It was really, it was really, and I tell you, the people up the, up, the smaller the population, the nicer people are, and the people up the country in um, Stall and Dale, so they're just fantastic. I, I, I thank them for their kind hospitality. Beautiful. That's enough for me. Yeah. That's enough for they me. Looked, right? they, they looked after you. That's good. I'm pleased. They were you great. didn't. You didn't get a gig on the. Uh, you know the United. Uh, 
television stations getting all together to help the flood victims out. I thought you might have got a tap on the shoulder to be across to you and the the ab- absolutely 80s uh, team to do a song for the big telethon that was on on Saturday night. Well, I think Scotty mentioned that somebody wanted us to do something and Scotty sort of said, nah, look, it's been really tough for musicians the last two years and, you know, um, he said, you know, we got to make money and or something to that effect, you yeah. know, and it wasn't that we were already working. So it was, you know, well, we're not going to cancel work to do another charity, you know. We do the bushfires, we do them all. So, you know, this one they had to miss out. Yep. No, that's fair enough too. Which is, well, you know. I looked up, I looked I up know, the definition. I, I would have done it. But I looked Scott up the definition of so. telethon. <laughs> Because I, I was a bit concerned, I watched about five, well, maybe five, six, seven minutes of it on Saturday night, uh, and I looked up. Yeah. I, I was it, it made me go to the dictionary and look up the definition of telethon, and I believe it's a it's a, a television presentation that makes normally sane television presenters turns them into complete dickheads, um, because that's, that's what they uh, do. Do everything we do, we have to do some sort of circus act to get people to give us money. So please donate, and if you donate, I'll kiss Ben Fordham or I'll drop my pants oh. in the middle of the – it was all that stuff, uh, the, the six or seven oh, minutes no. I watched, and I just thought, you know what, I don't need to watch this. Um, I feel for the people no. who are victims of the flood and uh, and and what they've lost, and, uh, you know, anything you can do to help you do, but I thought I'm not helping them by watching this rubbish. So I turned it off. Well – well, you know, it's like getting Robert D. Costello. If you donate $1,000, he'll poo jog all around the studio for you. And, you know, you just don't need to do that. No, you don't. And it's and that's exactly people what are, it was. People are, kinder than, people are kinder than what we give them respect for. I don't think we need to, 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 to I guess the word is uh, bastardise the actual importance of the event that you're helping people out who've, who are doing it really tough and you should – you shouldn't have to do a performing circus act to, to do that, and I don't think you do, but for some reason yeah. television stations think that, um, and I and it is, they're, they're right. Reading donation nominations out is, denominations out is as boring as batshit. That's true. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, if that's what it is, that's what it is, and people expect that and then throw, you know, you guys singing a song in and throw a little bit of panel banter yeah. and all that stuff in. Everyone will accept that, but this thing where you have to, Drop your pants, or you know, uh, kiss some bloke, or do uh, no. Honestly, no. no it no, demeans no. the cause that you're doing it for by and doing it, that sort of stuff. And it it sort of um, demeans the you know the TV personality, or I agree. Something I, I felt that the footy show, which as much as I loved it, I thought it ended up making you know superstars of the game look. You know, you're playing an idiot. And that was their role, and they're not idiots. But yeah, I, 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 I kind of find that it kind of demeaned some of the, the true champions of the game. I'm not going to go into names because that would be just no. Mean, I had this horrible. conversation with my mate Dougie Dougie Hawkins. I said, "Mate, don't let them." You know, it's a, it's what D- David Cassidy said to Danny Bonaducci, which he told us about in that in the podcast that we do, uh, the Life of Brian, yeah. when he said, "It's all very well and good to be funny, but don't become the joke." Yeah. Well, I think that's good advice. Yeah, well, well remembered, Kev. Um, and that's and that's yeah, you're right. That's what they did with uh, they did it with Billy in the end. 
They they tried to do it with Shane Crawford. Uh, they did it with Dougie. Yeah. Um, it's just the Fev. Look at the look at the price Fev paid there for a while for being kind of the uh, the on camera stooge. And if they really cared about Fev, they would have never have shown it. Uh, that's a really really good point. You know, <laughs> you had the footy. What was it live? It might have been live. Maybe they didn't have an option. But they could have. Somebody could have. The producer could have pulled him up and said, "No, nah, mate, you you're losing it here." Yep. Yep. Um, I've certainly had many people do that to me, and um, I don't initially like it, but they're hundred percent right. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. No. When you, I, I've I've done a couple of gigs where you you think you're a right, but you're actually not, and you next minute someone says, "You know what? No, go and sit over there." I had a radio show once where they took me off air. I was pissed as a cricket. Oh. Oh, really? Oh, I was. What what happened that made you pissed as a cricket? I'd been out to oh god, am I going to tell this? Um, I'd been we oh, we, yeah. we had an announcers lunch. I went to the announcers lunch. I, I was I was very young and I was not a drinker, and I oh. drank. Um, and in the middle of the lunch, I got offered a job in Sydney, at a top at a top rating station in Sydney. I got offered a job during the lunch, um, and uh, I went back to the lunch and uh, was full of myself. Um, and then got full of the old ink and then went back to the station at about five o'clock in the afternoon. I was air, on air at seven and <laughs> I just sort of sat there and I was I did not get better. Unfortunately, I I didn't improve <laughs> with the two hours off the drink and uh, right. went on air and just uh, I was I was non-compass medicine. and fortunately a mate of mine came and grabbed me, took me off air, um, threw me in the boardroom and uh, uh, they said I was sick, which everyone knew I was pissed. Um, and I survived. I don't know how I survived that, but I did. Um, well, Gavin was telling me on the drive up to Stall, he was telling us about, you know, when him and Molly were doing um, breakfast radio. And, um, you know, and it, I was, you know, talking about what you said about you and a constant state of jet lag when you do breakfast radio, and he agreed totally. And um, but I said, but, you know, Molly, you just come in and, you know, straight from the night. He got yeah, you come in straight from the Chevron. And he came in this particular day and um, he's come straight from the Chevron and he's pissed and Gavin's going, mate, mate, look, you know, do you think, I don't know if I should put you on, you know. And, no, put me on, put me on. I've got plenty to say. I've got plenty to say. Plenty to say. So, so my, Gavin goes, okay, and now it's Monday at 7 o'clock and uh, here he is, the guru with the thing and uh, – and then he puts Molly on, and Molly goes, oh, "I'm pissed." So, <laughs> so Gavin, Gavin hits you know the the kill button, yeah, and and he saves that one. And Gavin's going, "No, Molly, Molly, no, no, no." And he's, "No, no, no, put me on, put me on." You know, I've got plenty to talk about. I've got plenty to talk about. <laughs> and so he goes, "So Molly, how are you?" And he goes, "I'm still pissed." <laughs> and then, so then. So then Molly, they come and go, Molly, Molly, no, no, mate, not not today. So Gavin's got to finish the shift by himself. But anyway, you know, Glenn Wheatley and Kadinsky and all of the owners of Eon or whatever it was, um, they've got to come in. They're in at nine to work out what the hell they're going to do with Molly. Mm. And they go down to the boardroom and they're going, like, what are we going to do with Molly, Jack, Troll, blah, blah, blah. And then they hear... Are you talking about me? <laughs> so 
He's lying under the boardroom table. <laughs> so after he got kicked off here, he went down and got into the bar and then he's lying under the boardroom table while they're having a discussion <laughs> as to what they should do with him. Are you talking about me? <laughs> That's classic. That is classic. Uh, Thank you, Gavin, for that that beautiful anecdote. Yeah, it's nice, nice, Gav. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, we've all we've all done it at times, and uh, you know, fortunately survived it professionally and personally, and all those things. But yeah, uh, I I carry a few scars from a few uh, a few uh, mishaps, but um, you know, you, as you're right, you do survive. Yeah. Now our chart this week that we'll be getting to shortly is the 18th of March, 1983. Have you noticed anything, though, Kev? About? About tonight's show. Um, in in what way? Well, you and me having a great rapport, I think Finey's cracked the shits. No, he hasn't. There he is. Hello, right hello. See, there he is. Don't speculate oh, of Finey when he's... Uh, well, I haven't, got any, I haven't got any pictures of him. I just thought we were filling till he came back mm-hmm. in. Uh, well, welcome back, Finey. And we've been talking, uh, telling stories of people being pissed. Do you ever, did you ever work pissed on the air at any stage? And you're not a drinker, so you probably didn't. Absolutely not. And I had a policeman ring up well, SMS one night on Finey's final siren. And the SMS said, I've been a member of the police force for so many years, and you are either drunk or on drugs. Now, I'm <laughs> telling you, I'm neither. What? And I read it out and I said, Now, listen here, mate. <laughs> I don't know whether you're a detective or whether you're a member of the highway squad or, or where you are. I've got great respect for the police, but your over-the-airwaves assessment of me leaves me wondering about your judgment. I said, ring in and we'll have a conversation. And did and he? he? Me back on. He said, I won't ring in. He goes, I'll take your word for it, but you are very loose. Oh, geez. What do I mean? No, I would have loved to have heard um, that, your... Um your conversation with him, that would have been interesting because, let's be honest, Finey's final siren on a Friday night was was fiery, to say the least, at the best of times. Yeah, it was a little bit loose, I admit. But, you know, it's funny how some people think you've got to be drunk to talk like that, yeah, I don't. Yeah. No. no you have a uh, very lovely voice. <laughs> Now, uh, we met, we've talked telephone. Well, we've got to talk about the footy. The footy starts uh, for the AFL. Uh, tomorrow Ooh. night, uh, as we're talking about this, uh, the Bulldogs take on uh, Melbourne in the grand final rematch. Uh, Are we doing this year? Do, well, I was going to. We haven't discussed it. But I was going to ask if you wanted to do tips. I'm. I'm more than happy. We are recording this on the Tuesday night before the first game, so even though it probably won't get out until right on about the first game, uh, or well, it should be out before the first game actually is played. So, I'm more than happy to do tips. I would, in fact, I'd like to do them. Let's yeah, do I the think. Yeah, yeah. Show, the, the show, to see Brian. Tips, Show us your tips, Finey. You I'm, just, I'm just that you're, you you draw level, Brian. We're all on zero. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> and that and that Finey will be as close as he gets to either of us for the entire year. Right. Let's see how we go. Boys. All right. Well, let's uh, sail I'm straight. Confident let's this. sail straight into the demon. And I, I just wanted to say, um, this is going to be the first year in a very long time for you, Mark Fine, that you're actually just able to watch the footy as a fan, not as an analyst, not as a broadcaster, not as someone who has to talk about it on the radio on the Monday. You're actually going to get uh, to enjoy the game for what it is. Um, are you looking forward to that? 
Very much so. Bit of pressure watching all those games, and some of them were pretty super fine. So, yeah, yeah no, go back to just being a yobbo. Yep, yep. And, uh, I mean, well, you've always been that, but now you can be, you know, one who doesn't have to uh, – one who doesn't have to – if you miss a mark or you miss a goal, you don't have to go back and watch the bloody replay to do it. You can just, you know, do what we all do. Correct. Well, Demons and Bulldogs, uh, Mr Mannix, who wins this one? Well, I think the Demons partied on a bit too much. I'm going for the Bulldogs. Right, Finey, who do you like? Everyone knows who I like. I'll go for the Bulldogs. It's Bulldogs all round there. Uh, Carlton will take on the Tigers. Uh, Finally, your thoughts on Carlton? You reckon they'll be better this year? I, I yeah, yeah of... I think they'll be good. Yeah. I think they'll be pretty good, but not – they need uh, they need that Sam Walsh in the team. And, and Richmond won't be bad. It'll be an interesting game, this one. Oh, I, gee, I'm really up in the air on this. I'm going to go for the Tigers. Okay, you're going Richmond. Uh, Mr Mannix? Well – I was talking to a bloke who seemed to know a bit about football, he used to do certain jobs for football teams, and um, he thinks Carlton are going to be shit. He reckons that Voss can't coach. Maybe he's learnt, he's done an apprenticeship now, but they don't have the cattle. And unfortunately for Carlton, normally the best game they play of the year is round one against Richmond, and they get beat and then they just hunch their shoulders and don't believe in themselves. So I think Richmond will win again. Dusty will do whatever it needs to be done to win. Uh, I'm going the Blues. I actually, I'm not buoyant about them. I won't go stupid, but I think they will be better. And I'm not, I'm not sure about Richmond yet. I don't know. Um, I, but I, and I'm not, I'm not convinced Richmond either way. But so I'm going to go the Blues. Your mighty Saints take on the Magpies, Finey. Uh, where do you see this game? Who wins? I think St Kilda will win. I don't- Collingwood would have got Maynard out suspended. Moore's not playing. Roughhead's not playing. And they're pretty thin, Collingwood. St Kilda better win it, so I'm tipping them. Yep. Brian? Well, my mate that worked in the football is, you know, mm-hmm. I'm tapping his brain. He thinks Hang on, Collingwood have a chance to Hang on. win the wooden spoon. They have a big chance to win the wooden spoon. I've kind of got my money on Hawthorne, but, um, but he reckons that um, – the Saints are going to be rubbish too. So I'm going to pick the Saints, but um, I don't expect either of them to be in the finals. Mr. Fine, you were were asking? Brian? Yes? You said your mate works in the football. What is he, the bladder? (laughs) (laughs) It certainly sounds like it based on his first two predictions. That's that's pretty much what Daryl said when he, I told him that, <laughs> that this bloke records and Carl were going to be shit. Um, so, you know, you know, that's the thing about football. It's all just opinion. Nobody really knows. Correct. I'm going for St Kilda. I think they'll be too good for the Magpies, as finally mentioned. Too many injuries. Uh, the Cats and the Bombers will play at the MCG on Saturday afternoon. Uh, I must admit, uh, like a lot of other people, I think the Bombers are probably going to be better this year than before. So I'm going for the Bombers. Uh, Mr. Mannix, I am assuming you are going for your team. I think we can win this. I don't know that we will win this. I don't know how the old legs at Geelong are going to travel. So that's, to me, the mystery point here. But, um, yeah, I'm going for the Bombers and I'm going to be hopeful. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't if they fall short. But Bombers for me. You almost convinced me to change my tip. Uh oh. 
I'm surprised you did tip us. Yeah, I, I'm now. I'm now. I'm now going through my head thinking of uh, mm, the MCG. Too late. Yeah, no, I've, I've locked, lo- it. No, locked, locked it, it in. Eddie. No, I've locked it in. That's fine. Finey, who do you like? Cats or Bombers? Well, you know they're not a young team, so long are they? But that might have an effect as the season wears on. But yeah. they should be right round one. So I'm going for Geelong. The Cats yeah. for Finey. The Giants and the Swans. The big Sydney battle. I'm going to go for the Giants. Brian? Well, I think if you don't know who to pick, as we've discussed many times before, you assume it's rigged. Um, so, uh, and also, I think Sydney are normally pretty slow off the blocks in most seasons. So, I'm going for the Giants as well. Are you assuming it's rigged? Think, uh, sorry. Well, it's best for the AFL if the Giants go off to a good year. It means they don't lose as much money. They sell a few more memberships and. Um, so if you assume it's rigged, the best result for the AFL is that the Giants win right. and Sydney can come back and win later. Okay. Uh, Fanny, okay. what's your uh, what's your conspiracy theory on this game? Yeah, look, I, I like Sydney. I like GWS a bit as well. But, yeah, without Toby Green, I'm going to tick the Swans. The Swans. Uh, I reckon this next one's pretty much uh, one of the hardest games yeah. of the weekend to pick, and that's the Lions and Port Power. Who do you like, Fanny? Oh, the Lions. I don't like Port this year. You know, last year, statistically, their two midfielders, Boak and Ollie Wines, had the best season in tandem of any midfielders ever. Oh, really? So, you know, can they keep that up? Because they haven't really recruited much and... Charlie Dixon's in doubt. No, definitely going for Brisbane. Yep. I, I like Brisbane. I think Brisbane, and with a couple of those blokes coming back, most notably Cam Rayner and the big boy up forward uh, who will eventually get back on the side, I think they're going to be a good team this year. I'm, I'm tipping the Lions. Brian? Well, the Port Power, they will never give in until the flag is theirs for the taking. Right. So they'll wait till the grand final before they give in. Um, and then lose the grand final, which they've proven to do time and time again. Good at that, yeah. Um, It's played in Melbourne, is it? Uh, No, Brisbane. Yeah, go the Lions. Go the Lions. It'd be very odd to play that game in Melbourne. Yeah, it would be. It would be uh, the bubble uh, going uh, in a very unusual direction. Uh, The Hawks and the Kangaroos, two sides that a lot of people think are going to be right down the very bottom of the ladder. Where do you have this game, Brian? I have the Kangaroos getting a little bit of a win here, just through enthusiasm. Um, I think Hawks, it takes – who's their new coach? I don't know. Um, But it takes a while for a coach, for a team to understand the new game play and stuff. And so who who was it between? Hawthorne and North Melbourne. And North. Yeah, I think North probably – yeah, North for me because I think there's probably a bit – they did the – first year coach last year and so they'll have a better understanding of what the coach wants from them and I think the enthusiasm will get them across the line. Okay. Uh, Hawks or Kangaroos, funny? Yeah, another so – the, the games are good, aren't they? Yeah, they're they are. They're really pick. good. Tough game. Um, tough round to pick the winners. Yeah, I'm going to go for Hawthorne. I think North will finish above them but I'm going to tip Hawthorne for the first game. Yeah, I'm going to tip – I agree with you. I think the Kangaroos will finish above Hawthorne but I actually think the Kangaroos might win this first game. They'll have a bit of a uh, bit of zing about them first up. Uh, Crows and Dockers is another interesting game, another hard game to pick. Um, I, I've got no idea about Adelaide whatsoever. Uh, I would think the Dockers, even though it's being played in Adelaide, but I'm going to go for the Dockers. Brian? 
Um, yeah, I think Adelaide are in for a hard year and I think they'll possibly be bottom four or just above. Um, so, yeah, Fremantle for me. Okay, Dockers for you. Finding? It didn't look good pre-season, Adelaide, where if the Dockers did, they'll go for Fremantle, but with an asterisk of uh, do not burn me, you purple bastard, because if you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Eagles and the Suns. Jeez, the Eagles are uh, dropping like flies from what the last report I saw was that there's quite a possibility of a, a COVID um, top-up player or two being used, depending on how they go in the next 48 hours before they get to uh, the weekend. Uh, Eagles. I think, that, I think that's a shit tactic. You know, you bring a player on with COVID to infect the other team. That's, <laughs> that's not right. That's, that's cheating. Uh, and the Gold Coast Suns are obviously are perennially down the bottom of the ladder. Uh, who do you have winning this one, Brian? Well, Alistair Clarkson, I believe, will be coaching the Gold Coast Suns next season. But I think the Gold Coast Suns will come out, they'll want to make a statement. So, well, no, we're not going to be shit easy beats. And I think they might just bullshit their way through this game and then it'll all fall apart down the track in about three or four weeks. But they'll win this one? I think they'll win it. Finding Eagles, Suns. Yeah, I don't like the Eagles this year. They were terrible. Suns without Ben King. I'm going to go the upset. I'm going the Suns. Ah, so you're joining Brian with the Suns. I'll go the Eagles only because it's in Perth and only, and that's the only reason. I don't have a logical reason for tipping them. So there you go. There's the uh, the round one tips. Um, we will uh, we'll keep an eye on them as we uh, go through. Uh, apart from that, the cricket in uh, in South Africa, uh, South Africa in um, that's how that's how used to I am as playing cricket in uh, Pakistan. What have you made of the cricket? Uh, finally, it looks like it's going to be a big finish uh, happening right now. Obviously. Yeah, I mean, Australia are all over the top of them. It's a, another great innings by Brian's favourite player, Kawaja. Uh, he's cost me two schooners, this fucking prick. Excuse my French. <laughs> I didn't know schooner was a French word anyway. Um, Carey batted well. Mm. The bowling was, yeah, it was good. The fielding was very good. And now they're looking like they're pressing for a victory. So... Not a bad achievement because they're quite a strong team, Pakistan. It's a good win. Yes, it is. A bold, exceptionally well, a reverse swinging like there was no tomorrow. Mitchell Stark was uh, who I thought would, to, to me at the end of the Australian side, he looked cooked. He looked like he was done. I didn't expect him yep. to uh, be much of a force in Pakistan, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, he's, uh, he's bowled point. terrifically well. And did you get the sporting highlight of the weekend today? Uh, which was? How bloody good is Cameron Smith? Oh, yes. Watched it this morning. Watched the end of it this morning. How good is he? He may play one of the dumbest shots I've ever seen on the A-10. You're talking about the one that but, went in the water? Yeah, just turned it in the water, mate. But anyhow, he has beaten the best field, you know, considered the fifth major. Yep. Huge prize money boost. Must he won over four and a half million or something. Five, I believe. Five million. Yep. Cracked the world top 10, second in the FedEx Cup points. Clearly Australia's number one golfer. Unassuming, loves his fishing, had his mum and his sister visit. He is just an absolute – I saw him interviewed afterwards at length. They did quite a lot with him. Yep. He's absolute Aussie knockabout bloke. You know, you, you, sometimes you – you know who he reminds me of? Ash Barty. 
just your just a normal person. Yeah. Normal person. He got a bit teary when he talked about his uh, his mum and his yeah. sister being there, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. That got him going a bit, but yeah. by crikey, that was a powerful field, even though none of the big names were on the leaderboard, but he keeps bobbing up and bobbing up and winning and winning, and he, you know what he is? It proves something about golf, you know the old saying, Kevin? That you drive for show and you putt for dough. Correct. That's exactly right. And he, he can the- putt. By you, he, he one putted eight of the nine, uh, the last nine holes? Oh, he, he had... 101 pats for the 72-hole tournament. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, bring your dancing shoes because business <laughs> is done on the dance floor. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and especially uh, at four to eight feet where he's ranked number one in the world. Yeah. No, he's very good very, and, and, and very likable. And, and, and let's not forget his great work at the Melbourne Storm and for the Queensland Yes, Terrific athlete. Uh, the, the other thing I was going to say is that he could bob up in people. He could be could be sitting in a cafe that you're having breakfast at, and ninety nine point nine percent of the people in the room would not know who he was. Oh, that'd be that'd be ordinary, given his distinctive mullet, and I pick him from a million miles away. But in terms of looking like a sports star, you're spot on. He doesn't, you know, Adam Scott, even Jason Day, obviously Greg Norman had a real strut about them. Yep. You know, Greg Norman, you just know he's big in something. But you're right, this bloke could just meander in and you wouldn't really know. Him and Mark Leishman could sit down. <laughs> You'd be forgiven for thinking that there's a couple of there's a couple of single Aussies that can't find a woman. <laughs> yes. Actually, that's, you raise a good point there, Fonny. Like, you talk about Australia's great golfers. Who do you reckon would get the most, you know, rooting the most? Oh, Norman, famous. <laughs> That's what I thought, too. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty private much. Jet. Greg Norman, private <coughs> jet. Yeah. Famous. Yeah. Stories of seeing people on television, wasn't there, and going. <laughs> oh, mate, you know, Mile High Club, he's a, he's a life member of that. <laughs> I don't know about Molly. I don't know what Molly's life membership is, but I can tell you that Greg Norman, he's done a lot of work high above the Go above the clouds. Oh, that's the best place. Um, Is that right, Brian? Well, Bill Clinton, he can't ever remember going to Jeffrey Epstein's island. But the plane logs show that he went there 17 times. He must must have the Dan Andrews memory. It's just (laughs) sorry. Once you got on this, I guess I couldn't stop thinking about it. I'm going to have a look at this chart. I have had a look at it this week. Yeah, look at the chart because we're going to get to the chart in a minute. I'll, go, I'll actually go through the top ten in a sec. But I know you, you're probably both devastated. I'm glad you brought Cam Smith up, um, Fonny, because that really was the absolute sporting highlight of the week. Um, the um, the other highlight of the week, and I, well, not a highlight, low light of the week was the um, the amazing uh, thing that happened this morning on social media when Dolly Parton withdrew from the – uh, nominations from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for 2022. Why? Uh, um, because she said, I really do not want people. This is the fan votes. So there's a certain amount of people who've been nominated and then the fans vote. I'm not sure how many of them actually get in, uh, but she said, um, I do hope that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame will understand and I'll be and would be willing to consider me again if ever I am worthy. Um 
She just didn't feel that she'd earned the right. I do, really do not want votes to be split because of me, so I respectfully bow out. She was flattered and grateful to be nominated but just didn't think she's hoping to do a rock and roll album in the future because her husband is a total rock and roll freak and has always encouraged her to do a rock and roll album. So she wishes all the nominees good luck and uh, and thanks for the compliment. But um, even though she's sitting fifth, sorry, fourth in the voting, um, so Duran Duran lead the voting from Eminem and Pat Benatar, then Dolly. Now listen to this crew of people who've been nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Just shout out if you if you have an objection to any of these. So we go Duran Duran. Yeah, not yet. Eminem. Fair not enough. Yet. Pat Benatar. Fair enough. I think I, I think her. Eurythmics. Who? Eurythmics. Yeah. No, nah, not maybe. Yet. Not yet. Not yet. Judas Priest. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'd be kind of happy to see them win. I don't, they're not my favourite band, but they're rocking. So. Okay. So it's, yeah. the, it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is why I reckon Dolly felt funny about it. Lionel yeah. Richie. No. I hate him. But... <laughs> Carly. He's had a bad pre-season, Kev. Yeah, he has. Carly. Oh, he, he, he was on before the grand final replay. I've never hated him. <laughs> <laughs> um, here we go. Carly Simon. He's- Definitely. Not rock and roll. She's folky. She's pop. No. Yep. Kate Bush. No. Well, that's a funny thing, Kev. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Remember that cover to No Secrets by Carly Simon? Yeah, I remember it well. She was quite. Must have been a very cold day. It must have been a freezing cold day. It's it. burned into my memory. I was about fifteen at the time. Yeah, I think we all loved that. Yeah, we did. Um, and then you got on straight from there to Kate's Bush. No, to Kate Bush. Uh, Devo. Definitely. What do you say? Brilliant. Yeah, I reckon they should be into. Uh, Rage oh, Against the Machine. Yeah. Uh, now, now, this is where, sorry, this is where it gets silly. Dion Warwick. No. Well, it's not the middle of the road Hall of Fame, is it? Um, and has she even released a record in the last ten years? Well, it's not. It's about oh, your, it's, it's about the fame. body of work you do. But I, I mean, don't think she's ever done a rock song. No, she can. She can go win. She did soul know, yacht of, rock awards. Yeah, a lot of soul stuff and that, but not no rock and roll. Yeah, soul. Give her a soul award. Yeah, but, a mob uh, I've never even heard of called a tribe called Quest. Yes, definitely. Oh, really? Where are they from, Vonnie? Never heard of. All <laughs> oh, right, thank you. God, she I thought it was just. Definitely hasn't heard of them either. Yeah, uh, the New York Dolls. Oh, maybe very avant-garde uh, New York punk. Well, they inspired punk rock. Yeah, they did. So yeah. you know, yeah. Sex Pistols yeah. and all those bands. So therefore, they started a bit of a movement. So yeah, I'd be happy for them to get in, even though I don't own one of their records. Yeah. But I think that they did create a movement. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, like Velvet Underground and Revolver, yeah. They were were kind of the resident band at CBGB's in New York, which is where it all sort of started. So, yeah, I can see they, mate. Beck? Who? Beck. Piss off, Beck. (laughs) (laughs) Not Jeff Beck, Beck. Who the f... Who's Beck? Beck? Okay. Uh, MC5? A really big band in Detroit in the early days. that's how mate Alex Cooper's band. He likes me. What? Not MC Fine, MC Five. 
Oh, no, forget it. <laughs> yeah. Now, they, they should be in because of their de- what they did in Detroit in the early days. Yeah. Um, well, closed the car factory. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> Alice, Alice Cooper was playing me some of their new demos. I think it's gonna, they're going to put out a great album, but, um, you know. And finally, and Alice. Uh, yep. uh, right up there with the Tribe Called Quest is Fella Coot. I, and I, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be a smartass, but I've never heard of Fella Coot. F-E-L-A-K-U-T. I don't know if it's a band. I don't know if it's a person. I just saw the list today and thought, is that actually on the list? Uh, and 50,000 people had voted for that particular It sounds like something you get charged was you. for. What are, oh, you're being arrested. What for? Fella coot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you know I'm what fella coot is? No, go you know on. Is, yeah, go on. Tell us. Yeah, it, it's going down on an open... Electrical terminal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's the old version of electrocute. <laughs> uh. it's, putting your t- it's putting your tongue on a battery, on a, you know. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what I it is. Actually, I saw a bit of the, the uh, footage of the uh, gay Barty Gray and I was certainly at the, um, the Queer Fest chill out thing and – I saw quite a few fellas acute. <laughs> did you? Good. I did. I uh, did. Not that it's, you know, my game, but, I, you know, got to give credit where it's due. 18th of March. I, I tell you what, <laughs> remind me next week. We don't have time this week. Mm-hmm. Remind me next week to tell you about the night, hot summer night, I went to, I think, the Ritz Hotel or whatever it's called on Fitzroy Street. Yeah. As a guest, as with a good mate of mine, Funky Cole McMillan, who's a DJ, local DJ, and a good mate of ours was managing the bar, and it was the Monday night drag show. And next week I'll tell you what happened. All right. The Ritz on Fitzroy's. Memorable, say the least. All right. We'll get to that next week. Something to look forward to uh, on the program. Now, the top 10 from March 18, 1983. Number 10, 1999 by Prince. Number nine, Time, Clock of the Heart by Culture Club. Eight was You Can't Hurry Love by Phil Collins. Seven, Living on the Ceiling by Blamange. Six, We've Got Tonight by Kenny Rogers and Sheena Easton. Uh, five, Africa by Toto. Four, Twist and by oh. the Pool by Dire Straits. Uh, just clear your throat there, Brian, at your, at your own uh, time. Uh, number, oh. <laughs> number three, Gloria by Laura Brannigan. Number two, Sexual Healing by Marvin Gaye. Number one was Up Where We Belong by Joe Cocker and Jennifer Warns. So that's the chart. And thanks to, uh, incidentally, I want to thank all the people who've been uh, sending us comments on the Facebook page and the and Twitter and all that about uh, the chart and the comments on the chart. And uh, I've got to tell you, Finey, sadly, yep. um, the lead singer of The Members passed away the week that we, uh, we included that as your oh. favourite song. You're kidding. No, Kenny Francis let me know. He said, can you stop talking about people I admire and songs that I like because every time you do, someone dies. Um, so, yeah, he passed away that, that week that we did that show. Oh, I said my favourite song this week by Celine Dion, of course. <laughs> oh, it's the duet she did with Mariah. Yes, of course. Good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You're number three. So we've killed somebody else. Yeah, well, good we're going to do it. Let's make sure it counts. Um, number three, good and bad, Mr. Fine. What do you got for me? All right, number three, bad. What in the fuck did bloody Umberto Topsy ever do to deserve getting earth-ridden by Laura Brannigan? 
<laughs> yeah, a few weeks ago we did Tiamo and how she ruined that. Yes. Well, now it's Gloria. You know, he had a great version. Gloria, esta mala rola. You know, some Gloria in Italian. It was quite sexy. Yep. And she's come out with Gloria. You know, I've ruined it again, Brannigan. You know what she is? She is to Inberto Totsi what Shane Wong was to Daryl Cullinan, what Haylist was to... Well, Black Caviar was to Haylist. Yep. Yeah, you know, that sort of thing. The nemesis. She is the nemesis. Leave him alone. It's like, <laughs> like, it's like Sean Denham on Greg Williams. Leave the bastard alone. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, good call, Gloria. It is a stinker. Uh, what is it in this? It's uh, right at the top there somewhere too, isn't it? I think. Uh, yeah, number three. Now, my number three good, mm-hmm. I always like it for the little drug addict, little druggy prince. Yeah. Um, 1999. I liked it before 1999 and I liked it after 1999. Not as good as Space 1999, but still good. Yeah, that no, is a good song. I quite like Prince, yeah. I all like that song of Prince's. Uh, Mr Mannix, uh, you've had a chance to have a look now, have you? You're yeah, doing well, I had had a look. I've been looking all week. Heavy heavy really. research at the pub this afternoon. What did you come up with for your number three, good and bad? And this one, I reckon you've got plenty to serve up here. Oh, it's not a really great chart, is it? It's um, not. I struggled to find songs I really liked. Okay. Well, I'm going to – hang on. Um, let me just have a quick squeeze here. I'm going to say – I'm going to go White Snake. Bad, obviously. Thirty nine. Here I go again. It's a it's a good power ballad and shit, but um, you know, and I, I can see why people like it. And you know, they had sexy girls in their videos, so that's great. But you know, it's 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 foreign, a boring. You know, it's the big power ballad. Just it's it's, it's a. Let's do this. We'll make a lot of money. I don't think it's from anybody's heart. Even big the lead ballad, singer left the band. Big hair, going. big sound, big clip, big boobs. There you go. Yeah, but then even the lead singer left the band to do a solo because he felt they were getting too soft cocks. Was so that Dave Coverdale? I think that. Um, now, the other one that I'm going to like, it's going to be a bit of a surprise. Mm, this is your uh, good one, yeah. Number 21, Chaz and Dave ain't no pleasing you. It's like a Cockney thing, but I maybe it's a situation I'm in. That, but I just I listened to it the other day and I thought, oh, geez, these lyrics really resonate with me. Um, so I'm going to put that as my number three good one. Chaz right. and Dave ain't no pleasing you. Yeah, no, they're a good little duo, Chaz and Dave. They didn't uh, didn't pretend to be anything they weren't, and they weren't terribly uh, you know great, but. Uh, that was serviceable. You would have had them at your RSL club and been happy for them to be playing in the back while well, you were chowing they, down on your chicken schnitzel. Yeah, they sound like somebody should be playing in the corner while you're having a chicken parm yeah, or something. that's them. But, but I think the words are, you know, I, th- I think they're funny and they're addressing something that's kind of relevant. Yeah. So anyway, well, good for them. Yeah, good for them. My number three bad is a song that's been around oh, for a long, long time. It was a hit in the early 60s um, for a duo in England. Uh, it was written by one of the uh, the great pioneers of uh, of American rock and roll, and then this English duo did a version of it in the early sixties, and then it got redone. It's been redone a million times, but this version of it 
was just bloody appalling. I didn't like it. Uh, I'm not a great fan of this bloke as a singer, but um, Cliff Richard absolutely murdered True Love Ways, which I always thought was a reasonably good song when it was done by um, Peter and Gordon. But when Cliff did it, he turned it into this god-awful um, song that he, he he absolutely sucked the joy out of it and it became <laughs> a, a really kind of, a, you know, horrible little sad song and I didn't like it. Hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> what? Cliff Richard, now Cliff Richard was mm. celibate. He didn't suck the joy out of anybody. <laughs> My apologies then. It uh, is a fantastic expression. He sucked <laughs> the joy out of it. Well, that's thank that's you. you know, that's the line of the week. That should be at the start. You know, there's one line at the start. It should be he sucked the joy out of it. Uh, I think that's fantastic, Kevin. Thank what you. a way with words you have. Thank you very much, uh, Brian. I appreciate that uh, enormously. My number three good, I'm going down the line that you went, uh, Brian. Um, yes. Uh, in that kind of Cockney kind of style, it's Dennis Waterman's I Could Be So Good For You, which was from uh, the television show. And I, uh, it, it was by no means a, uh, a great song, but it, I just liked it. Uh, yep. I like him. I loved him in the Sweeney, loved him in Minder. And then when you put all those things together and he comes out and does that, good good English kind of pub song. It should be playing at the at the darts tournaments behind the, the pommies as they throw on the darts. <laughs> you know, it works for me. That's a great description. I, I agree with you on that one, Kev. Um, you know, I loved Minder. And it's a oh. really it's a really pleasant song to listen to. Yeah. You know, it's not setting any world records or anything, but it's just, it's pleasant. It's entertaining. It's great. Well yeah. done. Well said. All right, Fonny, number two uh, to join uh, your list so far. What do we got? Okay, number two good. I've been gazumped, but I'll explain a few oh. things here. I love Minder. Just hearing the start of that song bouncing in makes me smile because I think I'm about to watch an episode. I mean, Arthur Daly, one of the great characters of all time. Yeah. I mean, how about a couple of his great lines? He was um, he put himself in a pub trivia team because he was a genius on it, and they thought they were going to win a fortune. But he ended up having, he was isolated, and he had to answer a question on his own. Yeah, <laughs> and this was like to win the whole thing. Mister Daly, what is a sitar? And he goes, "It is an easy shot when he's missed in front of goal." <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a beauty. And then, not with um, Terry, but with his with his nephew Ray. He, he, there was an episode where they went up the Thames on a on a on a canal boat or something, and they had no food, so they stopped. And Ray went to the pub, to, and all we could buy were potato crisps. And he comes back, and Arthur's looking for him. He goes, Vindaloo. <laughs> barbecue, smoking. He goes, when I send you out to get crisps, you've got to get the natural flavour of the potato crisp, salt and vinegar. <laughs> Good old Arthur Dale. Yeah, Arthur Dale is a beauty. Now, I want to tell you a couple of things. So mm. Dennis Waterman sung the theme music for that show, correct? Yes. Yeah. Which is this There's a lot of shows where... Yeah, there's a lot of shows where the theme music was sung by the people in it. And I want to give you a couple of obvious ones, like yeah. Green Acres, because they were the characters. You remember Green Acres? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Green yeah, right. Acres is the place to be. Yeah. So that Ed- was Eddie Albert and Zsa Gabor. Correct. 
Yeah. And another obvious one was Fresh Prince of Bel Air with, with with Will Smith. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, now here's a yeah. story of you know that one. Yep. Yep. That's pretty obvious. And here's an interesting one. Who's the Brady Bunch in the first season was sung by a bubblegum band called the Peppermint Trolley Company. But for the next four seasons, it was sung by all the kids on the show. Oh, is it really? Yeah. But I've got three that are not so obvious. The Brady Bunch were the best band since Led Zeppelin. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean that. I mean it. Here are three shows where they sung the theme song and they were stars in the show, but less obvious, okay? Yeah. You're forgetting Fraser sings at the end of his show, Kelsey. Correct. Fraser sings Toss Salad and Scrambled Egg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, that song was written especially for the show, and it was supposed to be sung by Mel Torme. Oh, really? Oh, really? Fraser had a go singing it, and they said, perfect, we'll use you. Oh, wow. 21 Jump Street, the female star on that show is called is an actress by the name of Holly Robinson. Yeah, she married she Rodney Peake, the quarterback from um, whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, she did. So she sings the song, but in the, in the theme music where they go jump, that's actually sung by Pete DeLuise. Oh, yeah. Son, who's son, on the yeah. show. And Johnny Depp. Ah, oh, now I didn't know that. Oh. Yeah, so he sings a bit of it. And finally, of course, most people probably know this now, but I reckon when they first watched it, they didn't realise that it was David Hasselhoff singing the theme to Baywatch. Oh, did he really sing that? Yeah, yeah, that's him. Okay. Because he's so a massive, massive uh, music star in Germany. Yeah, he's, he's huge in yeah. Germany. But the Nazi party, so we can't go on there. <laughs> Their sense of rock song. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> when you want somebody to sing on the Berlin Wall yeah, right. in a light-up leather jacket, there's only one man to go to. David Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff. Yep. yep. So there's a bit of info there. Oh, well, there you go. Now, I didn't know about the 21 Jump Street thing. I knew Holly Robinson was a, uh, had been a singer because I when she married Rodney Pete, the quarterback, um, the American uh, NFL quarterback, I read a little bit about it then. Um, but I did, yeah, I did know that uh, Dom DeLuise's son and uh, and Johnny Depp had been in it. There you go. And the Brady so, Bunch so thing is a total new one on me. I didn't know they those yeah, kids. There sang. you go. Very good. My number two bad. Yes. I got a number two bad. Yep. I couldn't remember the song when I played it. I remembered it. The soundtrack of my youth comes back with my number one good. Another song that I didn't remember but when I played it. It brings back brought back happy memories. This song brought back the nauseating, it may be wretch. <laughs> it's called On the Wings of Love by Jeffrey Oswald. Oh, yes. Oh, What's trying this, to prove? Yeah, it's just this piss-weak effort. At, oh, I shouldn't swear. It's just a piss-weak chart block. Chart, it, it, it's just a, you know, they talk about list cloggers at a footy club. This yep. is a chart clock. Yeah, it's a seat it's filler. It's dead, dead chart clogger. Yep. Yep, that's a good there expression. Go. We should use chart clogger as a uh, chart as an expression clogger. because that, that <laughs> that's what it is. It's a chart clogger. It's, it's a, a chart clogger. Absolutely. All right, Brian, what do you got for me? Number two, good and bad. Thank you, Kevin. And for once, I'm not going to start this my paper with um or well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say thanks, Kevin. And I've got another chart clogger, and 
This is just a blatant, um, uh, you know, what do you do when you get a whole lot of people to make some creative thing? You make shit. Um, it's like a boardroom, um, you know, it's, it's it's art by committee. Yep. And I don't know what the hell Olivia Newton-John is doing when she's tied up in promises. You know, she's tied up in promises but she's got just one night to – make it all work and it, it, it sounded like there's five ideas and it's all that really, really horrible 80s production and no, I, I, so, so I didn't remember it. I thought I'll have a listen to this and, um, oh, geez, it's total shit. Yeah, it it's is. On the, Did you watch the clip? No, I, 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 I the, listening to it was bad enough. Okay, the what clip, happens in the clip? Oh, the clip is just a whole lot of really, to be perfectly honest, very ordinary-looking men playing guitars and and pulling faces and uh, trying to rub up and down against her, and it's just awful. Yeah, no, look, you know, we love Olivia. She's Yeah, we do, but... Our, she's our favourite yeah. English-Australian just about. But, um, you know, she's really let us down on this one. She's yep. listened to too many people and hasn't followed her heart, and this gives me no understanding of what she's thinking or what emo- I don't even know what emotion it's trying to express. It's shit ass. Fair enough. But a good song that's just straightforward, just says, you know, what? Wh- where am I, what's going on, is number 17. It's just simple, should I stay or should I go by the clash? It's just, it's just simple, it's rocking and it's, I love it. It's rock and roll. Yep. And um, there's not enough songs like that. Yep. Yep. Song I probably like more now than I did when it was out. Um, uh, I hear it now and I go, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, not a, not a bad yeah. song. Well put together. Okay. My number two in the uh, in the bad, uh, still got a fair few to, uh, to pick from. That Barry Manilow song on this chart's awful. Um, but I'm going to go with uh, – now, I don't know exactly how to pronounce this. I don't reckon I ever – announced this song on the air ever. I, I probably did play it, but I don't remember ever announcing it because I don't think I wanted to be associated with it in any way. Um, it's Ooh. number 27 on this chart. It is by the – well, in America they're known as Total, um, Kaoli or whatever it is. Uh, here they're known as Toto Koali or Koeli, um, and it's called I Eat Cannibals, and it is one of the most banal, ridiculous – stupid, irrelevant lyrics you will ever find. I eat cannibals, feed on a ro- feed on animal. Your love is so edible to me. I eat cannibals. I eat cannibals. It's incredible. You bring out the animal in me. I eat cannibals. What can you do? You're in a stew. Hot pot, cook it up. I'm never gonna stop. Fancy a bite? My appetite. Yum, yum, gee, it's fun. Banging on a different drum. Oh, for Christ's sake! That's terrible. <laughs> and there's five that girls. Five girls in this band. It was a, a song written by Barry Blue, who had a hit in the seventies called "Dance on a Saturday Night." Yeah, and it, that's it's... why there was five girls in the band, Kev, because Barry Blue. <laughs> and I tell you, Brian, I'm, I'm not happy. So uh, I eat cannibals is uh, down as my number two, and my number two good. Uh, I'm going to go for Sexual Healing by Marvin Gaye. Just good song, liked it. Um, 
Uh, I always liked Marvin Gaye, the good singer. Probably, maybe not his best song, but just a just a, had a really good feel about that song. So, you, you, you've had a bit of humpy plumpy to that action to that song, haven't you, Keith? <laughs> uh, you you bung that on me? Per- you no, say, you bung that on. You say to say, hey, why don't you slip into Brian. something less com- less comfortable? <laughs> 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 she goes, yeah, that'd be you. Um, <laughs> no, that song goes for five minutes, Brian. I'm not up for that. Um, Finey, <laughs> number one, good and bad. What have you got? Number one, good. As I said, I couldn't remember the song, but I played it. I probably didn't love it then. In fact, I didn't even like it then. Yeah. But it would have been on in the background. I was about to turn 18 in 1983. Happy days, sowing sowing my wild oats. And in the background was this song. Not like that horrible song that I had for number two, Bad. Yeah. But it's, it's Zoom by Fat Larry's Band. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the lead singer's got a really good voice and it's okay. It's good. It's, it's good. It's good. Yeah. It's not great. It's good. Yeah. It's, it's a, good. It's a happy song, isn't it? Yeah, it's all right. Zoom, zoom. Yeah, no, it's a good song. It's a good song. Yeah, it's all right. Yep. And your number one all bad? Right, you ready for my bad? Yeah. This is look, look. This song is churning out of the uh, of the meat grinder. Another piece of rubbish by somebody that got a microphone and nobody could ever pry it out of his hands. <laughs> if I want to be with you, you refer to this by Barry Manilow. Now, oh yes. Now the lyrics say, "I want to be with you all night long," but it doesn't say what it. Is and given that it was Barry all night long, I want to do it with you. Is he talking about your tax return? <laughs> maybe, maybe making a, a bolognese slow cooked sauce, <laughs> or making you violently ill listening to his music all night. I mean, I mean, he's horrible, Barry Man. Like this comes from a, a group of songs that don't say anything with horrible titles. Like these were all songs that he released, trying to get that feeling again. If I should love again, <laughs> let me be yours tonight. It's a miracle. Could it be magic? Make up your mind, you dickhead. <laughs> so I'm standing here. This one's for you. These don't mean anything. It's just some stupid words put together. I mean, is he a human or a big-nosed cyborg? <laughs> I, I, I really, if the world never had Barry Manilow, it would be the – you know what it would be the equivalent of if the world did not have Barry Manilow? It would be the same thing if one of your pickets from your picket fence in your house fell down. Big fucking deal. <laughs> Barry Manilow would have nothing for anybody but Barry Manilow. <laughs> Written, spoken and authorised by Brian, by Mark Fine, but, you know, echoed by us all. Ah, oh, beautifully oh, done. Um, and, and he wrote, I wrote the songs, but he, he didn't write that song. No. But no. it's interesting yeah. you say um, that, Fanny, because I was talking to um, um, a friend of mine up in Queensland who's a bit of a mover and shaker in the music industry, and I was telling him about my new Queensland band, what I was intending on doing. And um, can you still hear me? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, I was intending on doing it, so I reckon I want to do this, and I want to do this. and said, you can do that. But said, no, you need to sing songs that girls like. And it's like, Dah. and And she's probably right. And that's what Barry's done. 
You see all these oh, romantic yeah. well, film songs and stuff, and you know it's worked really well for him. But jeepers creepers, it frightens me that I've got to sing <laughs> songs that girls love all the time. You know, I like oh, the whole point of having my own band when I get to Queensland and do some gigs. That was to. You know, yeah, let's piss off some 80s stuff and do some rocking. Do some and, songs uh, that I want to do that's got a bit of uh, yeah. grunt I about mean, them. Do you yeah, really want to sing Venom and a bit of grunt? But apparently, do you really want to sing songs like I want to be, I want to, I want to spend time with you. Let me love you like I've never loved before. Love you by love, love light, light by the candle. Love this. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying it's the best song ever, but at least Pussy Town by Machine Gun Fellatio has a, has a title that I can refer to without wrecking. I reckon that's the first time they've ever been mentioned in a sentence before Machine Gun Fellatio and Barry Manilow. But anyway. Um, yeah, well, I, I, saw, the, I saw them both. Um, Machine Gun Fellatio was supporting Barry. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, yeah, right. At the Palais, and um, I was lucky enough to get some free tickets and a backstage pass and uh, had a wonderful evening. Took my uh, 13-year-old niece. She, she And your grandma. Shocked. Yeah. Oh, off you go. Right, now, Mannix, while you're on a roll, give me your number one good and your number one bad because it's going to have to be pretty damn good to uh, rank it up there with Finey's, I can tell you. Uh, I, I don't think I can beat Finey. I think he's going to get best on ground here. But um, And, look, you know, you'll be delighted, Kev, because you know that Africa by Toto is in there. And you I've know, been the expecting you to say they it. can say about Africa is... I guess it rains down in Africa. Oh, gee whiz. I've fucking learned something from this. <laughs> Excuse my French. Um, but I think this is a great song and it's really, really difficult to stuff it up. But I tell you what, Phil Collins has done his absolute best with his horrible 80s production of a Motown song. And the whole thing about Motown is it's all about and, you know, if you listen to some of those Motown records, you know, they make mistakes, but the vibe's good, so they just leave it in. You know, the bass yep. player might hit slightly a bung note, but you leave it in because the vibe on that take was great, so we'll just go with that. But when you try to make a Motown song with a click track and, you know, it's all quantized, now, if you don't know what that means, is it's like it's perfect timing. And, and Motown's about feel and vibe and shit, and I think what... You know, it's still very popular with people and I understand that, but listen to the original and I think what he's done is production vandalism to this song and, um, yeah, no, I so that's it. I don't know what number it is, Kev. I can't see on You Can't Hurry Love by Phil Collins is sitting at number eight. Number eight. Number eight. Now, it gets really hard to pick a good one from here on in. I should have... um, Thought, of, thought about it a bit more. <laughs> yeah, I should have thought about it a bit more. But I tell you what. Well, then, go, what do you think? What are you thinking about? I just want to find these uh, three bads were Gloria by Laura Brannigan, uh, On the Wings of Love by Jeffrey Osborne, Ooh. and uh, I want to do it with you by Barry Manilow. His three goods were Prince, nineteen ninety nine, I could be so good for you by Dennis Waterman, and Zoom by Fat Larry. Brian has White Snakes. Here we go again, or here I go again at number three, and he's bad. Uh, number two was tied up in uh, in rope and feathers and all sorts of things by the lovely uh, promises, actually, by Olivia. Number one, You Can't Hurry Love by Phil Collins. Your three goodies uh, were Ain't No Pleasing You by uh, Chad and Dave. And number two was, uh, of course, Should I Stay or Should I Go by The Clash. 
You're number one? I should have saved that to, for number one. The Clash, um, yep. Yeah, that was, should have been my number one. Um, I'm going to have to – and I'm just the one I was going to go for was um, Missing You because I was thinking it was John Waite. Uh, it's Dan Fogelberg. Which I think – you Egan Fogelberg right the hell off. <laughs> um, you know, um, oh, I missed out Christopher Cross in the shit. Look, I'm just going to put Christopher Cross in as another shit rather than a good one because there are no more good ones. So Christopher Cross, he has never done anything good. He looks like an out of, you know, he looks like an overweight roadie. Um, I wouldn't want to meet him because he'd sweat all over me. So I'm going to just do four bads and two goods. So the clash goes yeah. to your number one and you don't have that and you have four in the bads, which now Well, there's nothing any good left. Um, well, I found one. There's one I've got. My number one I, I think is a really good song and I love this woman's voice and I'll get to it in a tick, but I'll do my number one bad first. Uh, Please. I, uh, uh, I Eat Cannibals is pretty bad and probably deserves to be number one. True Love Ways by Cliff Richard probably deserves to be up there, but I'm quite willing to put... Krista Berg's Don't Pay the Ferryman at number one because, my God, that's just an annoying song. It's not necessarily a bad song, but it's just annoying. Don't pay the ferryman. It's like, all right, you don't have to be aggressive. You don't have to keep having it. We, we understand you don't want us to pay the ferryman. All good. We'll move on. But no, he, uh, he, it's very, it's an annoying song. I find it a very jarring um, audio to have to have to sit through, so I'm happy to have Christaberg as uh, my number one uh, up there in well, the. Um, well, in the, I, I don't good. mean to interject in your little piece here, Kev, but mm. um, if you've ever listened to that song with headphones, that riff that they have, there's about eight different parts and all finding a different um, sonic space to play this same riff, and it's you know I, I agree with you with the vocals, but. And it's, you know, too compressed and probably too neat. But there's some really neat little, I don't know, I forget how the riff goes, but it's kind of cool. Um, so that's why it didn't make my bad list. Oh, okay, it's an instrumental you're talking about. I just, as soon as he uh, sings musically, on. Musically, I thought it was quite well produced, but okay. a little bit too slick, but, um, you know, and I thought Twisting by the Pool would have been something you could have had a crack at. But anyway, sorry to yeah, interrupt. Tw- Twisting by the Pool is one of those songs that I didn't really uh, – uh, very ambivalent about um, Twisting by the Pool, to be honest. Didn't do anything for me much. This song yeah. I love because I love this woman's voice. Always have. I think she could sing a shopping list and I would sit there and go, oh, isn't she got a lovely voice? And the end of this song where she hits the high register, she, it's like watching, uh, you know um, – uh, an athlete uh, d- jump over, like Sally Pearson, go over a hurdle. She does it so effortle- effortlessly and uh, and beautifully. Linda Ronstadt, I knew you when, or I know I know you when. Uh, it's a Joe South song that was a hit, um, I think, on the '60s for someone, and then she did a version of it, obviously in 1983. And uh, I knew you when is just beautiful vocal performance, and uh, and I love Linda Ronstadt's voice and. Uh, uh, Beautiful th- voice. This chart reminded me of what a great little, what a great singer she uh, she once was. Unfortunately, she can't sing these days because of some health problems. But she has a very lovely voice. She's got a magnificent voice. So that's my number one. So there you go. That's our chart from. Uh, oh, that's good, kid. Eighteenth of March, nineteen eighty-three. Well done. It's fine. 
Where's Viney? Uh, now, Mr. Oh, Fine, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the fact that you can just sit and watch the footy and veg out and eat chips and, you know, have a, have a Coca-Cola and not have to take notes and write things down and then watch the other game that's in progress and do all that. Just relax and enjoy your, uh, your Saints and I hope they win for you. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Brian. I think all our teams can win and that'd be fun. Yeah, it would be. Uh, Manic, stay out of trouble, yeah. will you? I'll try to. I'll try to avoid water because I always end up covered in blood. But, yeah. Um, no, no. We should, or if you are going to get into trouble, can you at least make page three? Can we get off? Can we get into a decent slot in the paper if you're going to make, if you're going to cause trouble? You know, go 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 big. I might buy a house tomorrow. I might okay. buy an apartment tomorrow. All right. Well, then so you'll be I'll in the real estate section. Next week. The real estate section. That'd be good. No, no. I, I think I found the place. But, okay. Um, we'll see. I'll make him an offer on Thursday. Take care, boys. Look after yourselves and everyone around you, and we'll uh, we'll talk next week. Bye. Uh, do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> Piss off, Brian. <laughs> You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. <laughs>